He changed the world, man. Yeah. We got my boy Gerald G. Stroh Hayward here on yeah. the In the Pocket Podcast. This is episode 13 yes, with the sir. legend, man. Um, There are a few people like him in the world, man. He, he has left his mark. <laughs> and he's a young man. He ain't even old yet. So he, he still got a lot more playing to do. I'm a young um, old man. Young old man. I call it seasoned. We are seasoned. <laughs> right. Um, there's, I love this segment. There's a few cities like Chicago, Philly, L.A., Houston. And you touched on this before, but there's no place like New York. Brooklyn right. especially. Like, Talk to me about your family tree. And this um, is meaning like people who have come from your legacy. And right. You mentioned something. You mentioned uh, Monte before. Yeah, as far yeah. As like inspiring you. But who yeah. has come from you that like in but your like, tree? So, so in my era, this like I can just talk about it like through errors. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I, I came in the era of Bobby Walker, Don't you know, know, Monte Greer, Rob Monroe, uh, uh it's so it's so many of them that was in that in that era you know mm-hmm. what i mean um jeff davis absolutely and uh you know the joel smiths and all of that so mm-hmm. those guys kind of was my surroundings that mm-hmm. was that was what i was hearing that's what my ear gates heard right yeah and then time moved on um I finally, like I said, I finally played the drums and people used to come to Institutional to hear me play. Yeah. Like on Sunday night. And radio uh, broadcast on Sunday yeah, night. Yeah. So yeah. I kinda like I kinda knew I had something yeah. at that point. Um and we got we got we go there and then you got, you know, I don't know if you know Josh, Josh Key, um Devin Harris. Um, Shawan Andrews, yes, Sharik Tucker, like all of these guys, has come and said, "Yo, Uncle G, like you inspired me." Yeah. Or, or the people that they were watching mm-hmm. along with me. Yeah. You know, it was the inspiration. It's like, yo, you inspired him. He inspired me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. you know, I have a whole troop of nephews that I call my net guys that I call my nephews yeah. and they are phenomenal drummers. Incredible. You know, Isaiah Johnson and like all of these guys are like, they just, they got and they, so, they so New York too. So they got, yeah, they, they got it and all they, man. And they, and they got it. And I'm so yeah. proud of them because it's the thing with me is I always want to be able to pass along what I've been blessed to do or where I've been, you know, places I've been blessed to walk in and, and be a part of. And I want to pass it on to them, but I want them to know how to take care of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to give it to them and then they mess it up. Right. So I, you know, I would have sheds and stuff. At my house. It always turned into, you know, conversations. We go out mm-hmm. to eat, yeah. we talk, we we try to figure out, you know, we talk about life, life, yeah. you know what I mean? Because people don't realize this, but life affects your drumming. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's no way around that. You know what I mean? It's no way around it not affecting your drumming. Right. So you got to have your life in order. Mm-hmm. 
so that your drumming will be in order. That's good stuff, and, man. Um, and, you know, like I said, man, and then all of the guys down in the DMV area, you mm -hmm. know, with, you know, Aaron and mm -hmm. Jamal and Brendan and yeah. Hayes and yep. Rod and all of those guys. Killers. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we they kill us, but, you know, we've had conversations and they say, you know, Uncle G, I, I got connected to you because of this. Mm -hmm. And I I understand who you are. Yeah. I understand what you've done for the community. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be great as well. And yeah. and it's like, yo, I want them to be great. I yeah. want them to be the next. Like, I yeah. love it. You know yeah. what I mean? I love to see the process. Right. Because I didn't never really recognize my process mm. as it was happening. It happened you know I mean? so fast for you, I'm sure. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you said you, you claim to be a late bloomer. So you went yeah. from that to the stage, like from yeah. institutional, you know, yeah. you did your gospel stuff, like a couple albums and you was gone. Yeah. I never, and, I never played in the clubs or nothing like, like no. that. I just went straight from the, from the church to the stage. Now, can I ask you a question? How did the uh -huh. church handle that? Cause you were the first. Um, well, the it was some, of my generation. So how did they? Yeah, it, it was some pushback, you know, because I was with Hezekiah at the time. Yeah. And, you know, what but what I can truly say is the people that were uh, above me spiritually that mm -hmm. I was connected to, um, they were more fearful of uh, me going out and either, you know, drinking, smoking, or you know, right. just embracing right, that the world yeah. in the wrong manner. Right. So they didn't know how spiritually strong I was. Yeah. So it made them push back when it's mm -hmm. like, yo, don't go out there, don't do that, don't you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they, you know, like Hezekiah didn't know that I was, you know, I was spiritually sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like, yo, I, I got this, like. The craziest thing is most things that are done on the road, I was doing in church when I was 14, right. 15 years old. Jeez. You know, I, I, I hate to say it, but yeah, I experienced yeah. those things in right. church. So when I got on the road, it was like, oh, nigga, I was doing that when I was 14. <laughs> I have no interest in that anymore. Yeah. You yeah, see yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? Right. So a lot of situations was that. Like, you know, my, my biggest thing is, Man, I'm going to buy some sneakers, man. That's my thing. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. I'm going to buy sneakers. I'm a shopper. Yeah. You know, and nine times out of ten, if I shop in the morning, that night, I'm in my room trying the stuff on. I'm having <laughs> a trying my stuff on because yeah. I'm gonna be fresh every single solitary day. Word. And that, that was something that kept my mind yeah. away from everything that I could have been wrong for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or or everything that could test my spirituality and yeah. where I was, you know, with God, what my relationship was with God, you know what I mean? And yeah. my foundation, my foundation has always been the church. It's always been, I never denounced the church. You know, yeah. I hear a lot of drummers, they go from Ooh. church to the thing, and they, but they dis, they denounce the church. How and do you I, feel about that when they label you as a gospel drummer? And they don't do that don't with care. you, but other people, yeah. I don't care because you know why? Cause I started a whole movement. Yeah, I start. I, I have something to do with the whole movement. Talk that of, talk. G. See, so this is the thing. They didn't know what to call what I was when I first came out. 
they didn't know what it's like what is this like why does he sound like that or whatever right. so it's like and that's where the whole gospel drummer chop mm-hmm. thing came from yeah. it's like yo that what is that it's like oh i'm from church and that's all i kept saying yeah. i'm holding up the blessed day banner like yo i'm from church yeah that's not all i'm not ashamed yeah i'm not ashamed like and i don't feel that no one that's that's um how can I say it? I don't know the word, but I don't think that no one should de- denounce the church. Yeah. And like, yeah. like that's where we from. And it makes us super special because, you know, you know, they say like, you know, church drummers don't have a left hand or mm-hmm. different things like that. And it's like, yo, you know, when I seen Chris Coleman sit down with Dave Weckl, it was like, so church drummers don't have a left hand, huh? Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris, Chris Coleman says different yeah. and, and, and he studied, he studied Weckle. Yeah, he yeah. studied. So he knows, yeah, he yeah. knows what corner you turn in. He knows all of that. Yeah. And then it's like knowing all of that. And then I'm going to put my church on top of it because the church, you can't explain the church. No, you can't explain the, the textures that we, you can't explain that. Yeah, That's from all heart. from the heart. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, you know, I had Thomas Lane watch me one time. I was doing a clinic. We was doing some clinics together. And he was like, he's like, yo, I can't believe like you made all of these textures up. Like you, like, he's like, I, I, I just can't believe this. He's like, all these guys that's playing, they have something that you have. Or yeah. they, you know, they, and I said, man, it's just what they were hearing. It's yeah. what they was hearing. I said, but all of it come from the heart. I don't know anything technical about what I play. Right. I don't know what you call it. I don't know left, right, 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 left. I don't know none of that. All I know how to do is sit down and play it. And when my heart distributes it, Mm -hmm. I just, that's what I do. That's a gift, man. Such a gift from God, bro. Like, it's it's amazing. And you have (laughs) found a way to provide for your family. You know what I mean? You've done this for, I mean, gee, how many years? Is it 30 years yet? Um, It is... 26 or 7 like 26 or 27 and uh, I'm going to tell you man like I never set out to do this I never set out to I never set out to be a professional drummer because I didn't know what that was Yeah. all I know was I seen Steve Gadd in the books I seen Vinny in the books Mm -hmm. I seen Weckl in the books Mm -hmm. and I just said I want to be in the book yeah, you know, but I never knew that you know, like it could be a lifetime, it could be a career. I never yeah. knew that. And so, my first, my first tour, mm-hmm. you know, when I got my first, my, I was getting twelve hundred and fifty dollars a week, and I was like, oh snap, you could do that <laughs> doing something I like. Yeah. Oh word. And then that's when I learned. That's when I learned the whole mathematics of it and everything. You know. Facts. Wow. So, yeah. Um, if you weren't a drummer. And I know you started real early in your in your adult years. Was there anything else you wanted to be? Um, nah, because like I said, I didn't know what the what the money thing was. Right. Like I didn't know how much we needed money or yeah. how much you know <laughs> money was important. You yeah. know what I mean? Because right. you know you live with your parents. You don't you don't really have no cares in the world. Of course, yeah. So I never really I never really seeked. I never really seek out anything to mm-hmm. become. 
Yeah. And okay. it's like, you know, you may say, oh, yeah, I want to drive a bus because your church went on a bus trip. <laughs> you know, and you thought the the driver was cool. Right. So you may say stuff like that, but right. I never really set out to do anything, man. I, yeah. and, and, you know, for my first gig, I got on my first gig because I played with Hezekiah. Aaron Hall took the record that he sang on. And the record that I played on, me and Jeff. Mm -hmm. And Teddy was like, yo, who is the two guys playing the drums on this one? On I'll make it. He was like, yeah. yo, it's two drummers. Like, what is that? That's two drummers. And Aaron was like, no, no, no. It's one drummer. It's, it's my little cousin, Gerald. Little yeah. Gerald. And he was like, it's impossible. He's like, I'm hearing multiple. I'm hearing roles. I'm hearing, like, what is that? Yeah. And he was like, no, nah, I bring them to you. Wow. And he took me to Teddy Riley and I played for him. And he was like, yo, I'm taking you on a road with me right now. How old were you? I had to be like 16, 17, something like that. 18, maybe. But so the thing was, I told Teddy, I was like, nah, your music is corny, bro. <laughs> well, like, you know what I mean? Because if you think about it, it's like, and I said, yo, we play harder stuff than that in church like True. like you know we we doing it in church like it, yeah. <laughs> church is where it's at you know yeah. what I mean? and so i didn't go on the road when he first offered me to go on the road wow so jeff got the gig mm -hmm. and then i came back later and aaron and them was like yo we take you on the road like you're gonna be the stage manager or something yeah and and i was the stage manager really you paid and your dues oh shoot I was the stage manager, and then Jeff went to go play for Phyllis Hyman. We this is crazy because Jonathan DeBose talked about this when he, when him and Jeff went to go yeah. play with Phyllis Hyman. Stephen Ford, time. yep, yeah. Stephen so Ford. so he so he went to go play with Steve with Phyllis Hyman. I went. Um, they call Abe Fogel back. Abe Fogel was the original drummer for Guy. Mm -hmm. They called him back. We went to L.A. to do Arsenio or something like that. And uh, we were in at this place called Third Encore. And we chilling. And Teddy was like, yo, I got to do some programming to the, the drum machine so y'all could take a break. So everybody left the room, right? So I stayed in the room. And I thought Teddy went to the bathroom. Mm. But he was behind the machine. And he pressed some buttons or whatever. And it started playing. So I got on the drums. And I started playing. You know, I'm, I'm going in. I'm yeah, going in. And he comes from behind the computer. And he go, yo, you the new drummer. Wow. And forward, me, Joe Wilson, uh, this guy named Cody, Kern. We was the guy band. I learned I learned how to play. Because, you know, I, it was like, yo, I don't, I don't know how to play with no drum machines. I don't right. know how to do none of that stuff. Yeah, I never played till click before. Never. We never had that. We yeah, never no, we had didn't. that church. We, we got we it now because of you and Joe Wilson. That's right. <laughs> you and Joe Wilson are the reason the reason why stems and loops and all that are in church now. But we're gonna get to that. That's another we, innovative but, thing y'all did. But what happened was we um you know, I told him I like yo, I don't know how to play with a drum machine. I just know how to play drums. Like yeah. I don't I don't know how to do that. And we had like two weeks of rehearsal, and that's when I learned how to play with the drum machine. Dog. And it was like, yo, like nigga, you the drummer now. 
don't even worry about it. You, you the drummer. And that was my, that was me starting to play R&B music. That's amazing, man. And that, that's, that's, you know. What a dope story, man. <laughs> you mentioned, um, you mentioned your Uncle Butch and how yep. influential he was to your life. Yep. Um, talk to me about our, our guy, Melvin, Melvin Crispo. Oh, man. Um, so Melvin's my god brother, and I lived with Melvin for a while, like maybe about a year or two. Um, it's funny because that you see to say this because I was just telling my wife the other day, I was like, yo, I remember when I went to Charlotte, I was in Charlotte with Mary, and uh, me and Mel went out to eat or something, we in the car, and Melvin goes, Gerald, my son could really sing. Wow. <laughs> And I go, what you mean? He's like, yo, he is nice. Like mm -hmm. he can sing, sing. I'm like, yeah. really? He was like, yo, this nigga is, he was like, uh, Melvin had to be, little Melvin had to be about maybe 14. Okay. And he was like, like, yo, he'd be like telling me like, yo, what key he's going to sing in mm -hmm. and this. And it's like, and I'm like, really? So this is my premonition. Um, every every organ player that I know that's really good on organ or mm -hmm. keys, yeah, they can actually sing. Okay, they can actually sing. Like I mean, everybody from the Stanley Browns to yeah. the, everybody can sing. Travis, everybody. my uncle Corey. Butch, my uncle Butch can sing. Yes, like everybody can sing, right? So. But Melvin was just telling me about his son, and he was like, man, I'm just so mortified because my son got it. I'm like, yo, you and your wife, that's y'all passing it down like yes, this. Absolutely. You know, he has it because of that. But nobody knows that little Melvin can play the organ. Wow, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He can play the organ. He can, that's dope. He can, he can sit down and play the organ, play some chords, and, and yeah. So, but, um, but just, you know, Melvin, we grew up together. We, yeah. we, you know what I mean? We grew up together. He sat by the organ, you know, and taped my Uncle Butch. Mm -hmm. And he learned mostly what you've heard him produce. Wow. Put out just by sitting next to the organ yeah. with the tape recorder. Wow. And it's funny because little Eddie would do the same thing. Doesn't mm. Eddie Haywood. Yeah. He would sit, but... So the one day Uncle got off the organ, I thought Eddie was gonna get on the organ. We mm -hmm. all thought Eddie was gonna play the organ like Melvin. Yeah. Eddie scooted across the organ to the drums. That mm -hmm. was the first time we heard him play the drums. Okay. And it's like, wow, Eddie plays the drums. And yeah. then Melvin got on the organ and it was like, yo, what is happening right now? It um, was the second coming of you and Uncle Butch. That's the crazy <laughs> part. Because it was you and Uncle Butch that made that yeah. sound. And then here comes Melvin. And I remember the transition. It's crazy. Yeah. And Eddie is a year younger than me. And it was oh, the most okay. depressing thing in my life to right. hear how good he was at, right. at, at 13 years old on the God is in Control. Oh, yeah. It just it mortified the whole East Coast. We was like, what? So we yeah. all had work to do to try to, you know, catch <laughs> up. But that was we was all swole. I remember that. That yeah. that's amazing. But Melvin was an amazing person. And uh yeah, thank you for sharing those memories, man. Cause yeah, we we know. um it's funny because when, when I did the God is in control album, I was just coming off my first tour with Guy. And I learned that album uh two days. I learned those songs in two days. 
wow. and we recorded them. The second day was the recording. So it was like That's really crazy. one day of rehearsal, second That's day crazy. recording. <laughs> wow. We're going to talk about that because I got I got another second right. for you. But uh-huh. tell me about, um, you mentioned Uncle Jeff all through this interview. Um, right. Talk about Jeffrey White. I think that was your first gig. Oh, wow. So Jeffrey White, me and his brother, one of his brothers, we played the Kungas. Okay. For Jeffrey. There was a guy named Rob Monroe who played mm-hmm. drums. And then Jeffrey's brother, Poppy. And Poppy's actually the drummer on uh, Timothy Wright. Uh, oh, wow. That's Poppy White on that. Wow. And um, like I said, it all it was a transition. It was like Jeffrey had this community choir. He had this choir, and it was like, yo, Gerald, um, get on the drums. It's like, all right. So I get on the drums and everybody's mortified, like, oh my God. You hear what he's playing? So yeah. that was my transition. But Jeffrey White, he played a big part. And um, like I said, I kept music around me. It was always, you know, I was always at a rehearsal with him or mm-hmm. something like that. And then, you know, that's when me and Stanley met and all that. Stanley, Stanley used to be in this this quartet group called uh, the Gospel Estatistics. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so Stanley came to my church, came to institutional, and they come with all this equipment. You know how Cortez yeah. they course, come yeah. with all this equipment. But Stanley was playing drums. Whoa. He didn't play all- Stanley wow. was playing drums. And then Stanley started, he learned how to play the organ a couple of years, a year maybe after. And wow. me and Stan has been like best friends all that time. You know what mm. I mean? Because um, we lived around the corner from each other. So, but we was all in Jeffrey White's choir. Hezekiah we was in Jeffrey White's choir. All of wow. us was come from Jeffrey White's choir. Monique, wow. everybody, all of them come from Jeffrey White's choir. So, how did y'all transition to Love Fellowship? Um, so Jeffrey White threw Bishop out one of his <laughs> rehearsals or something. Yeah, and. and I don't know. We was all standing around talking and was like, yo, man, you should start your own choir. Wow. And he did it. Him and Stanley. They started, they started Love Fellowship. And that's the birth of Love Fellowship. I'm the first I'm the I'm the first musician, but Stanley is actually one of the creators. The founders, yeah. Of the founders of the choir. Love Fellowship. That's dope, man. That is so dope. Yep. So That's and then you know we was coming down we was coming down for Bishop Moe's and that was that was where I worked on my speed at because that was the <laughs> fastest shout music oh yeah oh yeah man so I was I was practicing that all week at an institution <laughs> <laughs> I was just I'm like yo we going to Connecticut like that ninety <laughs> shout that ninety shout music bro oh yeah like one seventy oh, yeah. easy yep no accents. <laughs> We just no. going straight. No accents. Straight. Ain't no accents. What's that? Ain't no accents. <laughs> nah, we straight up. <laughs> oh man, let's talk about yeah. the uh your pre-show uh-huh. ritual. What do you do before the gig? Uh do you have a pre-show mm-hmm. meal? Like how do you get ready? How do you get in the zone? Um, well, I don't do no hand exercises or no paradiddles or nothing like that. <laughs> I just like I listen to Jay-Z or <laughs> you know, I, I listen to something that that reminds me of Brooklyn. Okay. That you know what I mean because my whole existence was to get out of Brooklyn or to yeah. to make Brooklyn proud of me. 
Okay. You know what I mean? So, so what I have to do is I have to create that atmosphere, you know, by putting on Biggie, by putting on Jay-Z, by putting on like everybody that was from Brooklyn that represented Brooklyn Mm -hmm. Bullis. And that was my whole, you know, ritual before a show is like, uh, yeah, I'm listening to some really, you know, some Brooklyn stuff. Put you in the, the mindset of home. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's what it was. and it, it it could be it could be Biggie Jay Z it mm-hmm. could be gospel it mm-hmm. could be institutional it could yeah. be anything but it's got to be from Brooklyn that's that home <laughs> feeling make you feel like yeah gotcha. yep. how how do you retain your music how do you remember it um so I I normally learn songs three different ways okay um one way would be to uh, play the song you know just pocket you know um. Another would be play the song and be able to do setups, you know, mm-hmm. like make sure we're doing setups as far as to move the band. Mm-hmm. And then the third way would be to blaze it. Yeah. To actually go all out. And yeah. Because what happens is when you play for certain artists or different artists, they want certain things. They want mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. And some, some artists may say, give me more. Mm-hmm. So I already know what I can do to the song because yeah. I learned it in a blazing manner. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, some say, give me less. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I know I can make this tasteful and play less. Yeah. Cause I practiced it that right, way. Right, right, right. So and then a lot of a lot of a lot of music that I do have to learn, or if it's a lot of music, I just let it play while yeah. I'm cleaning up or while I'm doing anything. And if you start humming it and singing it and stuff, that means you know it. You got it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so those are just the three different ways that I approach music in itself. Do you make any um, notes? Do you have any notes or anything? Cause oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. You know, like, you know, well, back in the day, you know, we would do bars. We just mm-hmm. write out bars, you know, yeah. intro, eight bars, yeah. you know, yeah. chorus, 16 bars, you know, vamp, the bridge, you mm-hmm. know. So we would do it that way. But now, um, you know, now it's, you know, songs come in the email, man. Yeah. Like they, they, yeah. they email you the song and then you start listening to it and you sit down and you just play it. Play on top of it. You know, you, you play it. Um, but that's been the whole thing. Like, I remember... Um, doing Apollo, I did the Apollo for twenty eight episodes. Wow! And um, and uh, I'm the only one that couldn't read music. Wow! So it was you know like Ricky Minor, all of them. Yeah. And they would all read music, and I just had to learn. Yeah. I had to retain forty songs. Yeah. So which means like whatever they call out, yeah. You know, if Alicia Keys falling, like I got to know it. And, yeah. you know, Ricky will say, oh, yo, we doing it, you know, intro, verse, chorus, whatever. So the structure of it would be simple, but I got to yeah. remember what the beat is. Yes. Tempo is. Wow. So, um, and that was crazy because, you know, Teddy Campbell put me in that situation. He was like, oh, <laughs> on the East Coast, I'm not going. Um, call Gerald, and Gerald could do it. And, yeah. That's his guy mm-hmm. too, Ricky Minor. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. so I I um I was blessed to do that. And um yeah, God God really got me through that, man. I mean, one time there was this guy um playing his allophones. And <laughs> so we in the rehearsal and I'm like, you know, I'm fake jazzing it. Like I'm you know, I'm I'm fake jazzing <laughs> the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Get to the song, was like, okay, you cool. So once we went to go do the show. Mm-hmm. They sent the wrong music to the band. 
So they was playing a song, <laughs> but me and the xylophone player was playing his song. Yeah. And wow. we got through it. We got through it. I, I blazed the song. It was like, I yeah. got through it. But it was like, yo, if a real jazz man walk in that door back there, mm -hmm. he going to be like, Gerald, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> I was faking Jamaican, bro. Like, like, I'm going down to the flames. But that's like, once that's once again that's the that's the church yeah. preparing you for anything. To be able yo, to and that's what you know, like what Ricky Miner said to me. He was like, "Yo, man, he was like, I trust you. Your ears are big. That's why you're here. So don't worry about it. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and that was a blessing. You know what I mean? I, I would sit down with the band and have them chart out. But yeah. I ain't know what it was Spanish. I ain't know what. All I knew was a rest and a repeat. That's all. Yeah. I <laughs> so yeah, that is a repeat. That yeah. is a rest. That's a. Oh, so, we in four four? Okay, I got yeah, that. Right, yeah, right. Like, I got you. you know, like it was like those sort of things. But like I said, man, God is good, man, and you know He don't put more on you than you can bear. Absolutely. So you know, I was able to overcome that that stuff and uh we actually was the first band that they put on the stage yeah at the apollo and i was doing it when monique was the host okay yeah and everything so that's tough yo it's a blessing man i got to play for stephanie mills and all these different artists and amazing cool. time yeah um give me three things that you carry with you at all times in your gig bag <laughs> well sticks for one right um uh, uh moon gel Okay. And my ears. Your ears. Dope. And my ears. Those are the like, cause those are for what's now. That's mm -hmm. that's yeah, got what to. we're living in. You know what I mean? Right. That's what we living in right now. So that's that would be what I, cause I I feel in at this church um, down in South Jersey with Craig Hayes, Dope. and um, you know I go in and. Uh, you know, I, it's just weird for me because, like, they do vintage songs. Really, and it's, it's really hard for me to to uh, take in the vintage songs with the drum machine mm. because that stuff wasn't made. Like it wasn't that. there like that. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't right. there like that. So it, to me, it 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 alters the feel. So you doing Thomas Whitfield with a loop? <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> It Precious kinda, Jesus with a loop. Yeah, it's kind of alters the feel. It don't yeah, I got you. let you be as free. And it's like, you know, we used to certain songs, it's like, you know, the director's like, yo, pick it up, slow yeah. it down, pick it up. And that's but that's the whole elegance of the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And the whole atmosphere of the song. So, but like I said, man, God is good. Like everything that, you know, I set out to do, he's blessed me, man. He's yeah. blessed me, and and I can't, you know, I can't complain. I'm so happy about the career that I've had. Of course, and you know, you know, I've been able to play for the great Michael Jackson. You know, Oof. so so talk. Tell me about that session. I think that was with you and Dark Child, right? <laughs> yeah. So I did. I actually did um, drum sounds for Teddy as well. So wow. remember the time. It was my snare drum sounds on that. The samples, wow. Yeah, and then, you know, with Rodney. With Rodney, I played 10 songs on that actual album, but Ooh. only two songs made it. Okay. So the song called Privacy mm -hmm. and then Rock My World. Wow. But we did, we did eight other songs, you know, that were recorded and that we did. So that that's it, your swing on Rock My World. That's you. 
Oh yeah. Listen oh, to the cool. choruses. Listen to the hi hat and the choruses yeah. and all that. Uh, you geez. can hear you can hear the you'll hear it automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh snap, I never noticed that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And That's um, dope. Uh, you ever heard of uh Rob Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. You so went ahead of me, man. I'm I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to <laughs> you 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going ahead of me, man. I'm sorry. But um, anyway, okay, let me go back then. So yeah. the Michael Jackson and the Brandon, we Ooh. did all a week apart. And then I didn't the know the Brandy. Record. What which which Brandy records? Oh, Full Moon. The best one. I played on Full so, Moon. Uh, the uh, all the Ronnie Jurgens joints. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We That's did amazing. that. We did that um session. In Philly at Larry Gold's studio. Larry Gold, the string guy. Yeah. So we we did we did we did that session here, and then we went to New York and did went to the Hip Factory to do Michael Jackson. Now, how did you meet Rodney? Did you know him from church? Oh, so I I met Rodney at his church like when he was like sixteen years old. That's nuts, yo. <laughs> Me and Hez, we we went there we went there with the choir, and I busted his bass drum. <laughs> and that's how me and him got really cool. Yeah. And it's crazy because when I started working for Teddy, when I was working with Teddy and I was in Virginia a lot, mm -hmm. then Rodney showed up with his father. Yeah. And he like, oh man, what's up? Like so <laughs> so when he was trying to get down with Teddy and trying yeah. to get Teddy to help him get wherever he was trying to go, um, uh, me and Rodney was real tight, real tight. Yeah. Like that's uh, amazing. You know, so I've been known because he's a drummer. So yeah. it's yes. like people don't know. People don't know that, yeah. People don't know that. So yeah. but um yeah, so that's how me and Rodney met and we've been cool ever since and you know, like the Timberlands and uh uh you know Devontae and all mm. of them dudes, like you know, we I met them them dudes was in church church yeah. boys. Yeah, all church boys, yeah. Them church boys. Yeah. Timberlands, Kojic. Kojic. Josie Yep. Javante father Devante father got a church and it's it's just crazy. Like it is crazy. Um but but yeah, man, like like I've crossed their paths and it's like, yo, like I don't know, I remember one time I was in LA and I was hanging out with Nissan. We went out mm -hmm. to eat or something and Tank was there. Wow, yep. And Tank was like, yo, <laughs> you my favorite drummer, blah, 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 yep. from church. I'm like, okay. Yep, <laughs> but, yep. but, you know, like like I said, I never knew who I touched. Um, there's a guy named, um, uh, oh, man, I can't remember the guy's name. He used to play on the Bucks. Okay. And oh. he was a three-point shooter. He used to play on the Bucks. Oh man. Anyway, Teddy Campbell introduced me to him. Me and Teddy wow. went to a, a Clippers game. Mm -hmm. We used Warren Campbell's seats and we went to a Clippers game one night. Mm -hmm. And after the Clippers game, we standing on the side or in the back. And the guy who I'm talking about, I can't recall his name right now. He comes out and he like, oh my God. <laughs> Gerald Haywood, yo, he was tall. It was Vin, it was a Vin Baker. Who was it? It wasn't Vin Baker. Oh, three man. point shooter. Oh, he man. was he was scorching niggas. Three okay. point shooter. Gotcha. Um, and he came out, and the, the crazy thing was like, uh, 
old girl from the Cosby show was standing there. Like it was a whole bunch of stars standing yeah. there. And this dude comes out and he's screaming because I'm there with Teddy. <laughs> he's like, yo, I can't believe you got Jerry Hay here. Like it's like, like, like you're the NBA star. <laughs> I came to see you. Like right, right, right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I never know who I touched and who yeah. Who was privy to hearing me play and yeah. you know on my journey, um, right. and and you know I, I remember having a conversation with Adam Blackstone one time. We was at the airport, and um, he was saying how when he was in public school or whatever, he seen me and Kern or something on TV with Blackstreet or somebody, yeah. and he was like, "Yo, why the bass player don't have no bass? Mm -hmm. Like, why does?" I think the bass player is playing the keyboard. Like, what yes. is that? And he said that was the first time he heard the bass synth. Mm -hmm. And he was like, wow, like, I got to learn that. Like, and I said, and I said to him, I said, you know what, man? You need to call Kern and tell him that that, that changed your life. That yeah. that changed, you know, what you heard, what your yeah. ear heard. Because, you know, even though we're older, you know, it feels it feels good to hear of course man those type of stories it's like like yo you was in you know high school yeah and you see me on tv like we was just we was basically doing what we do but yeah. we were showing y'all how to do it and that it was possible to do yeah and that's the dope you know? part because you're from where we're from yeah so it, it, it hit closer to home yeah. To see you go out and have your opportunity that and then that led to Mike having his opportunity yeah and then that led to me having opportunities because because when you moved Mike moved up to take to take Mary yeah. you went and did something else right then yep. when Mike left I got his gigs and got right. to do things for him so it's like right. it's, it's a sex it's, uh succession is the word I'm trying to say yeah. like everybody yeah. moved up and when you moved up Mike moved up and then I moved up and it's just like it was a chain of events that you didn't even know yeah. was happening and it's so just I'm gonna dope. tell you I'm yeah. gonna tell you one thing so the only thing I regret in my career is this. I regret that I didn't move up every time I was supposed to. Okay. And the reason being was I was very loyal to who I work with. Yeah, of course. So if I started working with Mary on her first album, which I did, mm -hmm. um, you know, I may came in at $650 a week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That was that was good. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I would she would call me for every album. Mm -hmm. And every album that she put out, she give me a raise. Yeah. But so the problem is is when I had the opportunity to go with like Janet Jackson or mm -hmm. Blackstreet or whatever. Yeah. I would not take those opportunities until I fulfill what yeah. I was doing with said artist who I was with. Of course, yeah. And it's crazy because like I watched somebody like Brian Fraser Moore's career mm -hmm. and Brian be like, yo, I'm out. Yeah. Like he'd be like, <laughs> yo, he'd be playing with Jan Jackson and the Madonna call. He'd be like, mm. you know, yeah. deuces. But he leveled up every time every time okay and i think that my loyalty kind of kept me was to a fault yeah yeah and so i tell i tell everybody like yo don't i mean it's hard to, to say don't be loyal yeah but that's what 
that's what it was. It was like me being loyal kind of prevented me from going okay. to the next level. And I'm going to tell you this that you don't know. And you probably never even heard of it. Okay. I was supposed to be in the Fuji's. What? <laughs> so I was supposed to be in the Fuji's. Now I'm going to tell you the story. So I'm on the road with, uh, I'm playing for SWV and Silk on a Budweiser Superfest, right? Oh. Playing for both groups, right? Um, I get a call from my cousin. My cousin, my cousin, his name is Bernard Alexander. He's a big time, uh, you know, manager and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So he goes, yo, my boss want to meet with you when y'all come to New York. So I go, what's your boss want to meet with me for? <laughs> Whatever. So the guy's name is David Sonnenberg. That's his name. So I go, all right, I got a day off. I'm going to come meet with your boss. I come, right. come in his office. I sit down. And he goes, Gerald, you know, I hear that you're this phenomenal drummer, just that and the third. And I go, yeah. He goes, what you doing right now? I said, I'm on tour with Silk and SWV. And he was like, you know, if you don't mind me asking, how much money are you making? Mm. And I said, well, I'm making close to like two Gs per group or something like that. And then and he was like, all right, cool. He was like, well, you know, I am, I have this little Haitian group. And he said, it's, it's a rapper, it's a singer, and another rapper. Yeah. And he said, I want to put a drummer in there to make it like a band. A whole band, yeah. Because he was he was doing, uh, he had Meatloaf at the time. Wow. He had, I want to say he had BB and CC or something like that. He had, uh, um, what's the name of the group? Da, da, da. Uh, 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 uh. What I say now? Uh, spin Doctors. Wow. He had Spin Doctors. Whoa. He also had the Fugees, bro. Uh, and he was like, yo, I want to put you in a group. He said, you're going to make uh, about 1500 a week and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, that ain't it. Can't make that, bro. <laughs> Can't make that. Twenty million uh, later. I'm about to say two diamond out, two double diamond. Or <laughs> that's crazy. Come on, man. I could have. I could have. You didn't know for, though. You didn't know. I didn't know. I could have played for 98 degrees. I could have played for Insane. I had opportunities to play with uh, the Spice Girls. Like I'm telling these people are like, I'm playing with Blackstreet on an MTV show, yeah. and Spice Girls is watching it. Yeah. And they like they tell their manager, "Yo, we yeah, want yeah. the drummer." They come over to me and ask me, and I'm like, nah, because of my loyalty to Teddy, because of my yeah. to what what I already said yes to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in a lot of ways, it stagnated yeah. my growth. You okay. know what I mean? That's one way to look at it. And then another yeah. way to look at it is like everything that you that was for you came to you. Yeah, yeah. that's a way not to beat yeah, yourself yeah. up on that because we all have like missed opportunities. Like yeah. I got called to fill in for Black Street one time and I didn't have my black my passport. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. How many yeah. passports do you have? Huh? Have you how many passports have you gone through? Um well they go like 10 years at a time. So I want to say maybe about three or four. Wow. About, them, about three or four. You filled them all the way up. Yeah, and then you know. We we got to a stage where you can add a lot of pages. Yeah. 
So some that I I may have, I mean, I may have not had another one, but I'll have that one that has yeah. like more multiple years in it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but see, that, I, I, but, never, I, I never had that experience. My, my right. little one experience still bites me, <laughs> kicks me in the butt. But yeah, um, you, you, but you, know, you, can't, you can't base it on that. I mean, listen, man, God has us where he wants us to be. Absolutely. That like he's not going to put more on you than you can bear. You know, no telling what what would have happened if you would have progressed, you know, more than where you where you progress. Like I I I always have a notion and I always have um the mindset of, you know, God God always puts you where you're supposed to be. It don't Absolutely. it don't, you know, like your journey and your your story, mm-hmm. he already written your story. Yeah. So your story is what it is. Right. Um but like like I said, like meeting all of these people that I've met was because I just I took a leap of faith and I went out and you know what I mean and you know yeah. going to everybody's state, you know, whether I was coming with Black Street or I was coming with Mary or mm-hmm. whoever, it's like that gave me a chance to talk and you know, get with the people that most likely I wouldn't have never reached or known. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Teddy Campbells and the Calvin Rogers and all of these people. And, you know, you know, Calvin, I, I just remember one day Calvin calling me saying, man, there's this song on Hezekiah's second album. And the song was called He's Sweet I Know. And he was mm-hmm. like, I listen to that song every single day of my youth life. Like, yeah. I put that song on every day. And he was like, I never knew it was you playing the drums. Jeez. And I was like, yeah, that's me playing the drums. And then he said, then when uh, James Hall, God's in Control record came out, he said, and I heard that intro to the one song, he said, this got to be the same person. Yeah. For- you know what I mean? So it's like I'm reaching him through the records. All the way in Chicago, bro. All the way in Chicago. Yeah. So like like that was like that was monumental for me. You know, yeah. and when, when Calvin went to go play with John P. Key, mm-hmm. I remember him calling me when he was in the booth and he was like, Gerald, they want me to solo. What am I gonna <laughs> do? Like what I'm like, nigga, just play. Like you <laughs> you are nice. Like don't yeah. you know he called me from the booth, like yeah. they got me soloing on this. And it was rain on us. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so like me and Calvin has history from that. We have yeah. history from church. We have history from, he played for R. Kelly after I did. Mm-hmm. So different things like that. Um, but yeah, your like, catalog, man, your, your resume is <laughs> in freaking incredible, bro. What is your favorite? What was your favorite tour out of all of them? Oh man. So I divide them and I split them up in between in between uh the women and the men. Okay, okay go. And so you know, like, you know, I like guys, like I like playing with the guys because the girls scream at the okay. concert. <laughs> guys are not gonna scream at no, the no, no, no. concert. Yeah, but yeah. you know, like it's fun. It was fun playing with Beyonce, it's fun playing with Mary, fun like the one thing is um with with Beyonce, she paid a lot of uh, attention to detail. Okay. You know, um, one thing people don't know about her is 
she watches the show every night after the show. After, wow. And she would always, she always, she had really sympathy for certain things. Like, for instance, if we in show number 20 and we got 60 shows to go, mm -hmm. she'd be like, yo, I know you're going to have a bad show. Or mm -hmm. I'm going to have a bad show. Or yeah. she, you know, and she was really sympathetic to that. Okay. Like, you're going to miss. Because I remember one night, man. Yo, I missed the cue so bad, bro. Like, it was an eight count. Mm -hmm. and four was for for four was for me and four was for them. Oof. And I I got botched up on which four I was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and of course I came in wrong and strong. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me like that ain't it. And then she was like uh yeah i understand you know mm -hmm. y'all understand because we we in show number 40 we yeah. got all these shows to go like it's not gonna be perfect every night yeah you know I mean? so that was like my one that, that was like a couple of experiences i had with beyonce wow that made me love working with her yeah you know i mean another one was um jumping jumping yeah we, I was playing jumping, jumping. I totally forgot the beat. Totally forgot. <laughs> it. So what I did was in Gerald Hayward fashion, I just blazed over the whole thing. <laughs> and she was looking at me like, oh my God. And then once we finished the song, because this was on her tour, this wasn't on Destiny's Child's tour. This was yeah. on her tour. Jeez. And she looked at me and was like, come to my dressing room when this is over. Oh Lord. <laughs> you talking about a nigga scared? <laughs> so I go, Jay-Z is there. Right? Uh, I go to the dressing room, but the bodyguard's sitting outside. And yeah. I, I start talking to him because I'm procrastinating. I don't <laughs> I'm procrastinating. So Jay-Z came and out the door like he was looking for somebody. He was like, he's like, yo, B, Gerald's right here. Gerald's right oh. here. <laughs> Sound like this snitch nigga. So, <laughs> so, so I go in the room and she go, Gerald, on jumping, jumping, what happened? And I say, yo, I forgot the beat to the song. So I just played over the beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she was like, yo, that was the dopest thing I ever heard. <laughs> like, yo, like, yo, you got to do that every night. And then it got to the point, it got to the point where when we got to LA and everything, and like when Nissan and Teddy and all of them was at this, you know, Beyonce go, yo, all you drummers, listen to this, listen to this. Oh, and, and that's that's where the jumping, jumping thing. That's where the jumping, jumping came from. That's where it came from. Right here. Wait,
so just super, having different experiences with yeah. these artists uh it made all of it really good like mm -hmm. i never had really never had a bad tour or anything like with chris brown or anybody like i i was just always because i was always in my own world you know what of i course. mean like yo i played your music how i heard it right and as long as you liked it i'm good and mm -hmm. then other than that i'm buying sneakers i'm going to find them <laughs> i know the best place to eat and i know where to get sneakers right so that, that was my that was my thing yo that is so dope um how important <laughs> is it to like have band camaraderie you know like oh, man. you, you got to be a good person right yeah god rest his soul um bernard bell yeah bernard bell was one of the people that that taught me about um band camaraderie yeah. you know us going out to eat us being on the road basically we all we got mm -hmm. we in new zealand somewhere we all we got yeah so you know reach out to each other you know call mm -hmm. you know what you're doing you know yeah. go out together don't you know don't move without each other mm -hmm. and um he really taught me that man he taught me how to um you know just be one with the people that you get on stage with every night and you know a lot of things that led up to you know playing and not even having having to uh speak yeah it's like yo i know chip gonna blaze this song so let me just play my part yeah you know right. I, mean? I know yeah. gerald gonna go crazy on this song so let me just play my part yeah you know and those sort of conversations really never happened as a conversation right it just was like a look or yeah a feeling like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah nigga, you killing this <laughs> like, yo this your joint you know yeah. what i mean and, right. and that's that came from the camaraderie that came yeah. from the going out to eat snapping on each other of course yeah. all of that stuff you know all of those things that we we kind of did in church you know, he kind of made us do when we was on the road with Black Street. And we yes, sir. I mean, we do stuff like, you know, we learned a song. We learned in like, don't leave or something. Don't leave was a complicated song to learn because it was like, it had four hits sometime. It had mm -hmm. five hits sometimes. Sometimes mm -hmm. it was on the one. Sometimes it wasn't on the one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we had to learn that. No diggity. All those yeah. drops. Yes. Like, we had to learn that. And like, he'd do stuff like, yo. 10 push-ups if you mess up okay <laughs> so we like getting in shape yeah we laughing we joking but we learning a song of course and it, it made it it made it fun it didn't mm -hmm. make it like work it yeah. was like yo this is fun i'm not mad at this <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. like i said I, i've learned a whole lot from bernard bell when it comes to camaraderie and us being together and us moving as one and us looking out for each other when we in these countries we can't even pronounce yeah you know right. and, yeah. and that was that's what bernard bell helped me with god bless you know I me mean? i mean yeah. me me current and vow was always tight mm -hmm. but that just made us even more tighter that we you know that we hung out and just it's all about each other you know we we looking out for each other so. Shout out to the memory of Bernard Bell and oh uh, yes, oh uh, the yeah. Bradley brothers like yeah, Kern, you know, Kern and Val, amazing. Those are some amazing musicians, man, and just people in general. Yeah, like, I know, I know, I know. Don't kill me. I know it was getting good. We'll be back next week, June seventh at eight p.m. for part three of episode thirteen on the In the Pocket podcast with my amazing legendary guest. Mr. Gerald G. Stroh Hayward. 
man, this is getting good. He gave us so much content that we have to break it up into three pieces. So next week, so next week, so next week, I'll be airing episode 13, part three with the legend Gerald Hayward. Don't miss it. Tell a friend, like, share, and repost this. Subscribe to the In The Pocket podcast. The audio version is available on all digital platforms. Help a brother out. Spread the word. Listen to this great content. Check out all the past episodes. And I'll see you next week, June 7th at 8 p.m. Stay in the pocket.